Welcome to our third episode of Health Policy Essentials, the podcast that explores hot topics for hospitals and healthcare policy with a specific focus on safety net care. I'm your host, Jason Prey, Vice President of Legislative Affairs at America's Essential Hospitals. Today, we're going to explore site-neutral payment policies, congressional activity on site-neutral payments, and the disproportionate harm these policies cause to healthcare access and our safety net. Joining us today for the discussion are Beth Feldpush, the Senior Vice President of Policy and Advocacy at America's Essential Hospitals, and Shahed Zaman, a Policy Manager also at America's Essential Hospitals, and our expert on these site-neutral policies. I will rely on these two experts to explain site-neutral payment cuts and the disproportionate impact on essential hospitals. So let's start off. Uh, let's explain site-neutral payments and why we're talking about them. Shahed, I'm going to turn to you, given your expertise and your knowledge. The term site-neutral, it seems so innocent. But kind of a two-part question here. Why is it a big deal? Why is it not innocent? And also, can you maybe provide a little history lesson for listeners who are maybe new to the issue or who maybe have been exposed to uh, the health insurance industry's misinformation on this topic? Yeah, sure. So, you know, generally, when we think of site neutral policies, uh, that's just a term for when health insurers such as Medicare pay providers the same rate for a service, regardless of the setting where it's provided. This policy to date, the way we've kind of seen it, used by health insurers, in particular Medicare, targets hospitals. Congress is really interested in site-neutral policies as a short-sighted way to reduce federal spending on Medicare because these site-neutral proposals would cut hospital reimbursement for outpatient services to the lower rate that Medicare pays when a service is provided in a non-hospital setting, such as a physician office. So, you know, in terms of the history of site-neutral policies, we have to go back a little bit to uh, 2015 when Congress enacted the Bipartisan Budget Act. Um, and through this law, Congress mandated a new payment system for care that is received at locations separate from a hospital's main campus. These locations are known as off-campus hospital outpatient departments or off-campus HOPDs. The new payment system that Congress mandated ended up resulting in a devastating 60% cut to Medicare reimbursement for clinics that opened after November 2nd of 2015. And you know, because of the large number of outpatient clinics that essential hospitals need to reach patients in underserved communities, they ended up absorbing a disproportionate share of these cuts. To be exact, 13%, despite representing only 5% of the affected hospitals. These earlier site-neutral payment cuts also have had an uneven and unfair impact on the margins of essential hospitals. So our analysis has shown that essential hospitals, looking specifically at their Medicare outpatient margins, operate at negative 24%, which really is stark and is 13 percentage points lower than other Medicare hospitals nationally. So, you know, if Congress were to expand the scope of site-neutral payment cuts, that would just end up crippling essential hospitals and their communities. Can I jump in here on Shahid's point on margins? I think it's really important to note that essential hospitals are different from other hospitals, and we've talked about that in this podcast before. But essential hospitals have slimmer margins because of the patient population that they take care of. They take care of more uninsured patients, underinsured patients, patients who have Medicare and Medicaid coverage. 
And so not only would these cuts disproportionately fall on this set of hospitals that are serving the safety net mission, but these are the hospitals that are least able to absorb these cuts because they have those slimmer margins to begin with. You know, there could be real impacts to access to care from these site-neutral cuts. These hospitals have a mission to bring this care into underserved communities, and, you know, there really could be damaging results to patient care as a result of these cuts. You know, Beth, you talked about margins, and um, you say this all the time, with no margin, there's no mission. So given that, let's discuss the the more recent site-neutral proposals that we've seen committee activity on in both the House and the Senate. Start with the House. They passed the Lower Cost, More Transparency Act uh, last month in December of 2023, and that package included a couple site-neutral provisions. How do we see those provisions impacting essential hospitals? So the proposals in the Lower Cost, More Transparency Act would expand site-neutral cuts to drug administration services in off-campus hospital clinics. You know, to date, those clinics have not been subject to site-neutral cuts. And this would jeopardize access to vital care, such as outpatient cancer treatments in these underserved communities. What I think a lot of people don't know is that essential hospitals and their community clinics provide a lot of specialty care. Yes, we have primary care clinics, but we also partner with independent physicians and community health centers for the provision of primary care. What hospital clinics do that really no other type of provider does is provide that complex specialty care for patients with complicated medical situations. You know, as Shah had noted earlier, essential hospitals would be disproportionately harmed by these drug administration site-neutral provisions. We'd absorb 13, 14% of the cuts, while again representing only 5% of U.S. hospitals. The proposal in the House, I'd like to add, also creates administrative burdens. So it would require each hospital clinic to obtain and use a unique identifier for Medicare billing. We're encouraging the Senate, as they work on the health care package, to remove these site-neutral provisions. Yes, the Senate. Thank you for bringing up the Senate. At least in the HELP Committee over on the Senate side, they've been looking at some site-neutral provisions as part of the larger health care package that they put forward called the Bipartisan Primary Care and Health Workforce Act. As they produce this package, uh, Shahed, I'm going to go back to you. What are the specific concerns we have with that product? Yeah, so, you know, while the concerns are similar in some ways to the House, uh, you know, bills that we've seen, where I think the Senate Help Committee work that they put out is really notable is that their proposals would take site neutral payments to unprecedented levels, causing a tremendous amount of harm. So, you know, they include language like the House bill that Beth went over, but take it further outside the Medicare space. And, you know, when we've talked about site neutral so far, we've discussed how the policies to date have been limited to Medicare. So like the House bill, the HELP committee approach would require each hospital outpatient department to use a unique identifier for Medicare, but it would go one step further in applying that to billing commercial insurance plans and also imposing civil monetary penalties for noncompliance. And even worse, the Senate HELP package would prohibit HOPDs from billing group health insurance plans, what's called a facility fee for evaluation and management services and telehealth services. And when we talk about evaluation and management services, we're talking about clinic visits, kind of when someone comes in uh, for a diagnosis, kind of those basic services that really make up the bulk of the types of services provided in a hospital outpatient department. So, you know, when you couple ENM services with telehealth services, this is really concerning 
because these are some of the most frequently provided services in the outpatient setting. Now, the facility fees that are being targeted by the health package are really what helps hospitals cover the cost of personnel, equipment, supplies, overhead, those types of things, and taking away hospitals' ability to cover the significant costs of providing comprehensive care to their patients would devastate essential hospitals and ultimately just impede patient access. The end result of this would be that essential hospital clinics could close, which would deprive their marginalized communities of access to health care. You know, I think it's important to note that when stakeholders in favor of these site-neutral cuts talk about them, they use a narrative that these policies would save money. But the reality is they do this by cutting hospital payments. And I gotta tell you, I've been in Washington for 25 years and I've never seen hospital margins as challenging as they are right now. So taking this funding now from essential hospitals is going to result in taking services away from patients. You know, end of story. It may save the government money, but it sure isn't gonna save anybody's life. You know, there is a lot of activity in the hospital policy world and activity on site neutral as we're talking about. Shahed, let's talk a little more about the specific essential hospital concerns regarding these site neutral policies. Yeah, so we've talked about the disproportionate impact and you know, we've shared the numbers, but it's important to remember that many essential hospitals have off-campus clinics in federally designated health professional shortage areas and medically underserved areas. So, you know, the, the places where essential hospitals are opening these clinics are places that don't have access to care and, you know, where really there aren't many physician offices. So when we look at, uh, you know, the types of patients served at essential hospital clinics compared with freestanding physician offices, the patients are more likely to be dually eligible for Medicare and Medicaid, as well as uninsured patients and those um, that only have Medicaid. Let me ask a, a different way and maybe a little more direct. These policies would ultimately limit healthcare access in some of our most disadvantaged communities, correct? That, that's exactly right, Jay. Outpatient clinics allow essential hospitals to bring care closer to where their underserved patients live, which is an important step in ensuring continuity of care for those patients who, you know, as we know, their health is shaped by lack of access to transportation, unstable housing, and other social risk factors. So the patients who essential hospitals treat at their off-campus clinics have more complex medical conditions than patients seen by other hospitals or in non-hospital settings. These patients often have multiple comorbidities and chronic conditions. So, you know, we're really talking about patients who are more medically complex, more costly to treat, and who only essential hospital clinics are uniquely equipped uh, to provide the necessary care to. And, you know, no matter what or where these clinics are located, hospital outpatient departments incur higher costs than freestanding physician offices. And this is due to the breadth of services that hospital clinics provide, you know, including radiology services, laboratory, pharmacy services. Our members' ambulatory networks also offer behavioral health services, interpreters, and patient advocates who can help patients access support programs. These site-neutral policies jeopardize this access to care by making it more difficult for hospital clinics to provide all of these services, as well as expand access into underserved communities, say by operating on the weekend or nighttime hours, to help people who maybe don't get paid time off from their jobs, help them get seen by a clinician. That's a great point, Beth. You know, the policies that we've seen so far, they just don't account 
for the fundamental differences in the cost of providing services in hospital settings and the additional benefits from doing so. So, you know, these policies assume that Medicare or a commercial insurance plan should pay the same rate, but doesn't look at, you know, the kind of the fundamental differences, the things you alluded to that only can be provided in essential hospital outpatient departments. And in the end, by cutting payment to those departments in those clinics, they'll just lead to a loss of ambulatory care. And when those things happen, there's a ripple effect. Entire communities ultimately suffer when these vital services are cut and clinics could shut their doors. That's obviously not the end solution we want to see happen here. So thank you both for those insights on how these policies hurt those at-risk communities. Uh, But let's kind of look ahead here. Beth, given all we've talked about today, uh, what would we like to see Congress do if they insist on pursuing uh, site-neutral payment policies? So Congress needs to recognize how site-neutral payment policies disproportionately harm hospitals providing safety net care. These policies are financially unsustainable for essential hospitals and the communities they serve. Outpatient care, which is care delivered at the right time at a location that people can get to in their neighborhood, it allows patients to avoid unnecessary emergency department visits or hospital admissions and readmissions. It allows people to manage the complex chronic conditions and stay healthy, and keep a job, go to school, or care for their kids. These are the goals that Congress should be promoting, keeping people healthy and able to access the care they need. So Congress needs to strip these site-neutral payment provisions from any of the healthcare legislation they're working on. So, you know, I want to thank you both. This is kind of the wonkiest we've gotten on this podcast uh, so far and kind of a deep dive here on site-neutral policies. So to both you, Beth and Shahed, thank you for sharing your expertise on site-neutral payments and the disproportionate impact on essential hospitals. And that's it for today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning into Health Policy Essentials. We encourage our listeners to visit essentialhospitals.org to read more about the late breaking news on pertinent issues to safety net hospitals.